Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Warwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, we were just watching a little Phillies baseball prior to starting. How are you doing? I've never seen guys worse at uh, running bases in my entire life than the 2023 Philadelphia Phillies. Other than that, I'm fine. That was a very official response. Thank you for that. <laughs> They're just like... Uh, it's crazy. They little they make little league mistakes. It's wild. Other than that, I am fine. Do not <laughs> worry. Uh, a lot going on. We've got Phillies baseball. I've actually got a list of uh, ESPN put out of the the top ten quote aces in baseball that I want to talk about a little bit today. We've got the NBA playing tournament currently going on with the Hawks holding on to a 15-point lead. At, they, were, uh, they were just up even bigger, but I think it's it's dipped. Yeah, I, I'm showing 15. Uh, I'm showing 14. Sorry, I apologize. 64.50 with uh, 0.9 seconds left in the half. It is now halftime, and it is, in fact, 65.50. So 15 points at the half. A lot of talking to get back to where we started there. And uh, we've got another fun game later tonight, Timberwolves-Lakers. We've got all of the the NBA playoffs coming up. We've got crazy, crazy things from around the world of sports. I'm, I'm tired, Greg. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get, There's a lot going on. It's weird that like you feel like now the sports calendar is kind of flipping to we're getting closer to, to nothing being on. Hey, don't say that. And uh, NFL draft kicking off in just a couple of weeks. I was, well, I was going to say that. In reality, we're going to be, it's going to be some real heat coming up. Like just NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, the draft. Like there's there's a lot going on in the in the world of sports. It's crazy. And as a result of that, and as we always do, I have BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We can take a look at some. Some NBA team specials that I that I thought were interesting, and quite a bit of other stuff. Can I tell you? While I was uh, I was futzing around on ESPN, I just happened to find my uh, my bracket from the tournament challenge. Oh, and God. Uh, Greg, it wasn't good. Greg, it wasn't. I got thirty two percent right. Oh no! It was real, real bad. Um, almost nothing genuinely like almost nothing right just hideous uh i got 200 out of a possible 320 points oh See, no this chris <laughs> yeah i mean i can't uh, say mine was much better but that's tough the status is just listed as game over which uh <laughs> i know what it means but it also feels appropriate in terms of my predictions for this year's tournament oh that's that's a tough one, buddy. That's. I'm, I'll tell you what, though. I'm uh, might not be the worst idea to head over to the future section 
at Bavada for college basketball and put a couple of a uh, couple of shackles down on the Duke Blue Devils. Kyle Filipowski coming back, Tyrese Proctor coming back, Mark Williams coming back. They're going to be a relatively seasoned team with a bunch of really talented sophomores next year. Dude, I know. I saw the news today of Filipowski, and I was like, okay, this they they have a real chance next year to be very, very competitive again and not have the weird lulls in the middle of the season where they look like a team that almost may not make the tournament. Now, with that said, their top recruit did say, uh, so I'm out after <laughs> hearing about Filipowski. They're... Yeah, I believe the number eight recruit in the country, power forward, and I'm going to butcher the name, so if you feel free to go ahead and look it up yourself. But yeah, he's looking for other opportunities at this point. Yeah, well, that's the weird thing about like in today's college basketball, like those guys that do want to come in and play one year and kind of be be gone. That's the new norm. So like when a team has three starters, four starters, five starters potentially coming back. The those bigger recruits are gonna are gonna do exactly what that guy's doing. Just peace out. We'll catch you. We'll catch you on the flip side. Honestly, a little bit of a surprise too. Um, that player, okay, it was Mackenzie Mbako, the number eight recruit in the country. A little bit of a surprise though, because I feel like Filipowski is a guy who, you know, even if you are sort of a back to the basket rim running power forward like you can play with Filipowski because he can shoot a little bit yeah he can play on the outside a little bit more so I yeah it's I don't know I think I don't know if if those guys take all that into uh consideration if that makes sense the six foot eight 195 pound bouncy power forward and Baco did you watch uh did you watch any of the high school all-star games the McDonald's one no not really I saw highlights and things like that um, different stuff with Bronny, et cetera, but no, I, I didn't, I didn't really get into it, unfortunately. Well, also the Nike hoop summit just a couple of days ago, Nike hoop summit, probably my favorite event of the year. Cause you get us versus international and that's, it's always fun. I have it recorded. Haven't gotten to it yet because you know, life is, uh, is both bonkers and bananas simultaneously. Uh, yes. It's, it's never not bonkers and also bananas. <laughs> Uh, speaking of both bonkers and bananas, I was I was looking at some of the news today, and I was interested to see what came out with Zion Williamson. Zion basically saying, uh, and they're getting ready to play the the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday in a playing tournament game. Zion is healthy, feeling fine physically, but will quote return to the court. When I feel like Zion, I, I, I would you mean, be you worried about this if you're a Pelicans fan? Oh, I'd I'd be heavily concerned, heavily concerned because I don't know what that means. Number one, uh, I've never felt like Zion, so I can't I can't relate. You jump like um, Zion, though, buddy. That's that's true. Um, but that is that very well seems like a guy who is going to be looking for a way out sooner rather than later yeah so three years into his career he has played 114 contests it's not not a great run not a great run uh not all that much more than Embiid played I I mean that you kind of just have to hope right 
that maybe, just maybe, this turns itself around, but it just feels like all the concerns that we had prior to him entering the NBA have sort of come to fruition from a health standpoint. For sure, can't stay healthy. Can't and she's constantly picking up lower body injuries. It's almost like a six foot five frame is not supposed to carry two hundred and sixty five pounds and leap like that. Yeah, and it almost also brings in, and I don't know if uh, this may be generalizing a little too much, and I don't know if Zion was a multi sport athlete, but it, it does it does kind of bring into that conversation. God, kids who played basketball year round, like for you know, seven years straight prior to entering this, this type of era, like while their body was growing, does that affect you down the line? Like, does it, could, could there be more of an injury concern because of that and the systems that are in place, AAU, those types of things? Well, Greg, let me answer, let me answer your question. I'm going to go to Zion's Wikipedia page back when he was in Salisbury, North Carolina. (laughs) Williamson was born in Salisbury, North Carolina. Beside basketball, Williamson played soccer and quarter, the quarterback position in football. It's weirdly worded. When he was five years old, he set his sights on becoming a college basketball star. At age nine, Williamson began waking up every morning at 5 a.m. to go train. He competed in youth leagues with his mother, Sharonde Sh- Sampson, coaching, and played for the Sumter Falcons of the Amateur Athletic Union AAU circuit. Facing opponents four years older than him, Williamson later began working out with his stepfather, former college basketball player Lee Anderson, to improve his skills as a point guard. He joined the basketball team at Jonakin Middle School in Marion, South Carolina, where he was once again coached by his mother and averaged 20 points per game. In middle school, Williamson was a point guard and lost only three games in two years. In 2013, he guided Jonakin to an 8-1 and record and conference title. That's uh, so it sounds like it sounds like maybe as a young, young child, he was playing multiple sports and then proceeded to, uh, you know, just do basketball exclusively as he went went on. Yeah, as far as I can see, I'm looking at high school stuff. He did not play anything but basketball in high school, which I get like you want to do that from a injury perspective. But does the same wear and tear over and over again on those ligaments, like leg, on those leg muscles, joints, those different things, like does that cause issues down the line? And that's why he's picking up these types of lower body injuries over and over again. Plus, obviously, the fact that, you know, he's built like a tank. Yeah, the frame is not natural. It's not what people are. That's not how people are supposed to be built. Yeah, yeah, very much, very, very well possible. Just an interesting thought process, and it makes you, it makes you wonder. It does make you wonder. I want to let's let's look at these team specials. I'm I'm at Bavada NBA team specials, and uh, I'm going to give you some of the favorites for each team, and you tell me where are you putting. And I'm I'm not going to give you number one. We're not going to give you the most likely one, but uh, where are you putting your kids? college education money okay let's start with the boston celtics greg uh the favorite here and you know what i'm just gonna say right now we're gonna rule out anything that is is not plus money anything that's negative money all right those those two are tatum to average 30 points in the playoffs and mike breen to say quote bang after a boston three-pointer minus 130 and minus 110 respectively at pavada after that the most likely 
Jalen Brown to average 30 points in the playoffs. Boston to meet, beat, uh, to meet Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston to score 25 plus threes in any game. And Jason Tatum to average 35 points in the playoffs. 35 seems so high. There's an obvious one to me here, but I want your take. What was the one you said right before the 35 points? Boston to make 25 or more threes in any game. I think with the way the NBA plays, and if they have a couple, they have a couple of guys who can get hot. If they get hot in the same game, I think that's the one. That's a big number. I don't like this, but Boston to meet Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals is probably where I would put my money. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to live a little bit on the edge. I understand, though. The Brooklyn Nets, Gregory. The Nets to score plus 100 or more in any game is minus 10,000. Not sure why that exists. But the options that you have, Michael Bridges to average 30 in the playoffs, Mike Breen to say bang after a Nets three-pointer, Nets to be swept in round one, Bridges to average 35, and Nick Claxton to have 10-plus blocks in any game. Bridges to average 30. I think that's... He's their only scoring option that that I really see as a giant threat, and I don't know how many games they're actually going to play, so I think that's the most feasible one. Are we just assuming Mike Breen's not going to get a Nets game? Because otherwise the bang thing is pretty much a given. (laughs) I think so. I think that might be it. All right, so Bridges to average 30 is plus 250 at Bavada. The Cavs. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 40 in any game, is minus 130, so you don't get that. Mitchell to average 30, Breen to say bang, Mobley to average 20 points in the playoffs, Mitchell to average 35, Garland 40 or more in any game. I think the Mobley to average 20. I think he has a, he has an opportunity to really put his talent on display. Like I, you know, I know he's not an under-the-radar guy. He's certainly been a guy who's been talked about a lot um, yeah probably the runner-up for defensive player of the year this year yeah i think but i think i think he's i think that's where i'd put my money in this one i was uh i was messing around with nba 2k 23 over the weekend just just to see what what the sixers can do when they have to trade everybody this off season and uh, i was trying to figure out a way to trade joel for evan mobley and and some other pieces but i couldn't make it work financially I, it's not. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what to think. I. This is the least excited I've been for a playoff run ever. So that's. Where I know, I'm and at. it's weird because you literally have the NBA's scoring and assist leaders on the team, and it's just like I agree with you. I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I guess let's see what happens. It's just years of futility, and you spent so many years of, of gigantic expectations to literally never have them paid off, and it's just like, ah. We've wasted a decade of Sixers basketball. How about Mac McClung almost throwing up a casual triple-double in the last game of the year? I mean, I said it to Mike. I said on Easter Sunday, I said, Mac McClung with 20. And Mike said, I don't care about Mac McClung. I said, all right, well, it's rude. It's a rude thing to say to me. But uh, a rude thing to say. Mike is a rude person. Accurate. Um, but I completely agree. Uh, I was all in on Mac McClung getting 20 and almost a uh, – Almost a uh, a triple-double. Let's go. 
Let's let's go in. playoff secret weapon Mac McClung. <laughs> exactly. We need yeah. rotation bench pieces. I'll tell you. Hey, look, some guys like Mac and Jaden and Lewis King. They all played well at the end of the year. They all won given the opportunity. Like, but also, how about the fall from grace of Furkan Korkmaz? Like, dude cannot get off the bench in a meaningless game at this point. I just continuously request trades. Just keep doing it. Maybe one day. Maybe wow. one day. He will not be part of the organization past this season. So I don't know who will be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. All right, the Nuggets. You do not have Joker 5-plus triple-doubles in the playoffs. Joker 6-plus triple-doubles in the playoffs. Joker to average eight assists in the playoffs. Joker seven plus triple doubles in the playoffs is negative money. That's That's bananas. As is eight plus triple doubles and nine plus triple doubles. Uh, You also don't have, this this is crazy. You also don't have Jamal Murray to average 20 points a game in the playoffs or Joker to average 10 plus assists in the playoffs. All of those first eight are negative money at Bavada. Nine triple doubles is negative money. Minus 150. I mean, what if they sweep one and two? If they sweep one and two, it it like it's over. It's eight games. And then I I that's insanity. That's insanity. You have to get all the way up to like where where do they stop counting these? Joker to average Joker 12 plus triple doubles. Gets you plus three hundred. I guess I, I must have to take that. <laughs> uh, but your options: Mike Breen to say bang, even money. Joker ten plus triple doubles, uh, plus one ten. Joker to average a triple double in the playoffs, plus one twenty five. Joker twelve plus triple doubles, plus three hundred. Jamal Murray to average twenty five or more, plus three hundred. Denver to beat L A in the playoffs. The Lakers in the playoffs, plus five hundred. I mean, I don't know if the Lakers win a series, so they would have to lose tonight and then win the eighth seed. I I almost have to take twelve triple doubles. It sounds ridiculous, but it it's insane. Well, if you're going to take twelve, then also, I mean, ten is there at plus. All right. Well, if, ten, if I I couldn't remember if ten <laughs> was positive or negative, so we're, we'll go ten. And for some reason, eleven is not mentioned. But it jumps from ten to twelve, plus four thousand. The Nuggets to beat the Sixers in the NBA Finals. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, you can if if you want plus a hundred thousand. And this is always interesting with when we're assuming the Joker is probably going to have a triple double. Is any player to have a quadruple double at plus one hundred thousand at Bavada? I, I no no. I can't do that. That seems too ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. But if you've got a guy who is guaranteed to basically get you triple doubles, just have to have one weird game where he gets 10, 10, assist, or 10, yeah, uh, 10 steals or something. something. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can buy in on all has, that. Has Jokic ever had a quadruple double? I feel like I, we would know about that. That seems so rare. Okay. You know? la- la- here's what we'll do. Last NBA quadruple double. Uh, okay, that one. And it's got to be a real one, not not a garbage one. Like Russell Westbrook's done it a bunch, but turnovers were the 
Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I wouldn't count that. Thing. No, of course not. Okay, only four players in NBA history have recorded a quadruple double as of this article being posted on Sportskedia on November 8th, 2022. Can you give me any of those players? And I'll tell you what, they're all like, they're all superstars. No shock. Um, I'll even give you positions here. A point guard, two centers, and I believe a power forward. I mean, Oscar Robertson. Who? Oscar Robertson. Oscar? No. And, and actually, can I tell you, legitimately thought Oscar Robertson was number three. Uh, but it, that player is actually a small forward because that is not Oscar Robertson. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, it's I mean, actually three centers. Then I would have to say, I mean, I feel like Bill Russell and Wilt have to be one and two. Okay. There had to be a point where the Wilt's stats must not have counted because March 8th, 1968, the NBA's official statistician at the time, Harvey Pollock recorded Will Chamberlain with a game of 53 points, 36 rebounds, 14 assists, 24 blocks, and 11 steals. So, for some reason, Wilt's not on this list. I don't know why. That seems absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like they they probably only started counting these as official stats. And I will tell you that probably the 70s, the late 60s, early 70s. Huh. Okay, Kareem, do you remember going to Blockbuster Video and they had like those NBA highlight videos with like just a bunch of bunch of weird music? Yes, two of the two of the guys who were in every one of those videos as big guys are on this list. Oh man, (laughs) I don't remember them that well. We're talking like we're talking like 1990s players here. Quadruple double 1990s players. Like uh, some dumb like Carl Malone. Um, I was dragging a little bit. So I'm going to tell you the centers are Hakeem and the Admiral. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. 18, 16, 10, and 11 for Hakeem. 34, 10, 10, and 10 for the Admiral. The player who I thought was Oscar Robertson was actually Alvin Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> literally saw robertson and i was like oh right oscar robertson uh 20 11 10 and 10 for alvin and the guy who you would never in a million years have gotten was nate thurman 22 14 13 and 12 for nate in 1974 against the hawks it's such an incredible stat line <laughs> yeah he literally just all over the game that's why it's bananas it's it's 100 bananas all right uh golden state warriors you don't get Curry using a sleep taunt. You don't get Breen saying bang. Curry 40 plus in any game. Curry 30 for the playoffs. Curry, Curry 10 threes in any game. Uh, Mike Breen saying bang after a Steph Curry three pointer. And Clay 40 in any game. Clay 40 in any game is very, very, very tempting. But I think you have to go Steph Bang because even though the Warriors are what like the sixth seed or fifth seed somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah, um, they're they're going to be a team they put on national television for a Breen game, no doubt about it. 
Well, I, I mean, it's the playoffs, so every, every game's national television. Well, you know what I mean, like a prime time game where the number one announced team is is there. See what you're saying. Uh, Clippers, you don't get Westbrook to start every game. You don't get Westbrook one triple-double. You don't get Kawhi 40 in any game. Westbrook to average 20 in the playoffs. Kawhi to average 30 in the playoffs. Breen, we're taking the Mike Breen ones out. Uh, PG-13 <laughs> to get 40 in any game. And Paul George to average thirty. I think it. I think your best bet's Kawhi thirty. Just because Westbrook's scoring isn't anywhere near as consistent, I think Kawhi thirty has to be the play. I agree with you. Lakers. Uh, you don't get Shannon Sharp shown on television. Mm-hmm. You don't get Austin Reeves to start every playoff game. You don't get LeBron one triple double. You don't get AD forty in any game. You don't get LeBron forty in any game. So we get. LeBron one plus fourth quarter block. LeBron to average 30. LeBron two triple doubles. Austin Reeves to average 20. I kind of like LeBron two triple doubles. I think he's got a point to prove. I think so too. So and that's pl- plus 175, the Pavada is real good money. Yeah, that, that's worth it all day. Grizz, you don't get Morant to say. It's a parade inside my city in a post-game interview. Okay. I don't even know what uh, that means. By the way, real heel turn for John Morant this year. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, one plus triple-double for Ja. Uh, you can get Morant to average 30. Morant two triple-doubles. Bain to average 30. Jaron Jackson to average 30. I guess you got to go Morant to average 30. Because I don't know if I trust the triple-doubles enough. And they, I don't know... You know, it, Memphis is so weird because you're missing um, uh, who's the kid from Gonzaga tours Achilles, Brandon Clark. Clark, yeah, he's he's not there. Adams, they just ruled out for the playoffs. He's out. So, so Jaron Jackson I, actually needs to stay on the court. Yeah, like I wonder if they could really struggle uh, in the playoffs just because of the pieces that are missing. Uh, but I think the jaw 30 is probably the most reliable one out of all of those. By the way, Hawks 69, Heat 63 at this point. Ooh, things have heated up. Not pardon the pardon the pun. But um bump. Just so in case you were wondering, the Phillies got uh you know, they I gave up it. a home run immediately and then proceeded to get first and second with one out and uh JT Romuto ground into a double play on the first pitch of an at bat. So yeah, fun. I saw it's five three. Fun things uh, over here. <sighs> Bucks, you can't have Giannis one triple double. You can't have Giannis two triple doubles. You can't have Giannis three triple doubles. Oh God! Drew to average eight assists in the playoffs. Giannis Lopez and Portis combining for thirty rebounds per game. Giannis to score fifteen made free throws in any playoff game. Giannis to average thirty ten five in the playoffs. <sighs> Hmm. What's the lowest triple doubles for Giannis? That you can have would be four triple doubles. Ah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He's got that he's, plus three hundred at Pavada. He, he's going to get passed over for MVP because MVP is not an award for the actual most valuable player. It's whoever has the best storyline. Um, I don't agree so, with that at all. But you don't have you know, to. Why I, I like that you're taking a shit on the year that Joel's gonna win MVP. It's. I mean, it's always this. It's not just this year. It's just very, very apparent this year that 
as long as he played well, he was going to get it, which is very like it's it's weird. Uh, I think there was a big turn at the end, uh, a big turn at the end of the season because he was pretty much third in odds for quite a while, and then all of a sudden there was the uh, the break where he was. I mean, he won Player of the Month the last like three months in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not. T- I listen. I I hear you. I I hear you. Pump up that trade value. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So, um, I, I mean, do you really think they'll trade him? Uh, I only think they'll trade him if he demands to be traded, which I don't think is an impossibility if Harden leaves. The thing the Sixers really need is for Houston to get the second pick in the draft. Because if Houston gets the second pick in the draft, when Bignana goes one, that means Scoot Henderson goes number two to Houston. He's their point guard, and they don't have that open spot for Harden to come in and play point guard. I mean, I'm hopeful, but I, 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 I really, at this point, like, especially if they flame out early in the playoffs again this year, which I'm fully expecting. Um, well, what's I, early? Because they're going to beat the Nets. Second round. That's okay. That's early. Um, so Celtics, correct. Uh, that I, I, I'd have to just, I, I, you have to blow everything up. You have to just start over, start to pro do anything. I I'll take the process again. If that's what, if that's what it takes. So if Harden is going to stay, then it is interesting because you do have Tobias as an expiring contract now and suddenly he has value. So you could potentially add another piece as long as Harden is willing to stay. But you know, a lot's uh, a lot's got to happen. A lot's leaving happen. a lot to be desired, <laughs> for sure. Hey, maybe just win a championship, and then I don't have to care. Like then, then oh come on, you know, a hundred percent they're losing in the NBA championship. That's just no, the year, the year of Philadelphia. No, I know a hundred percent they're not beating the Boston Celtics in round two. That's what I know. What I don't I'd know re- if that's true. I, I would. Don't, I, I feel confident. Uh, well, that's. I mean, that's a mistake. I don't know why that's you'd ever feel. True. Sure. I don't know why you'd ever feel confident against a team that has legitimately owned us for the past five years. Like, I don't understand that. I, I, it's, it's like thinking that the Phillies could ever beat the Marlins two games in a row. And I know, and they, they beat the crap out of Alcantara last night. Yeah, and they've gotten just their doors blown off with Nola on the mound tonight. So it makes nothing makes sense, Chris. You know what's crazy is mm. I've watched basically every Phillies game this year and didn't even realize the Sixers games were on when they were playing. I That's will, my level I will, of apathy. I will tell you this, Greg. This is the first year where I kind of stopped watching Sixers games at the end of the season. It's just not fun. No, it's not a real fun team to watch play. Like Now, I'll watch some of it at my computer the next morning when I'm working, but... Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually sat down to watch a Sixers game in its entirety live in a while. <coughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you for a second. It's misery. I blame me. I should be better. They I mean, I, I watched the last like three minutes of the Celtics game, the last one that they played them, when they almost blew a six point lead with like thirty seconds left. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just pure torture. Torture. No. I don't know why anybody would do that. Well, let's go to the Knicks. You can't have Julius Randle 40 in any game. Um, 
Your options, Randall to average 30, Brunson to get 40 in any game, Brunson to average 30, Randall 1 plus triple-double, Randall to average 35. I think Rand. I think Randall... What, were, what are the difference in the odds between 30 and 35? 30's plus one, <clears throat> excuse me, plus 175, 35 is plus 500. 35 so many points. I think I'd take the 30, honestly. If he can if he get like he has the ability to string really good games together um for that team especially, I think I think 30's a, a real a real play. All right. For the 76ers, you cannot have Embiid to average 30. You can't have Harden to average 10 assists. Embiid to average 35. Harden to average 12 assists. Harden to miss any game. Joel to miss any game. Embiid 50 in any game. I think Harden to miss a game is very interesting. Because if they're up 3-0 in this first series... And he plays poorly in that third game. Yeah, and he's nursing that whatever back calf or Achilles injury that he has. Achilles. I... I think that I think that's the play, Chris. I think Harden missing a game is most certainly the play. Uh, further on, Tucker zero points in any game plus four hundred at Bavada is interesting. Um, let's see, Harden five plus triple doubles plus five thousand. Uh, Embiid ten plus threes in any game plus a hundred thousand. Any player quadruple double a hundred thousand. Any player quadruple double. It's, it's still so ridiculous. It's going to be Mac McClung, man. I have, if only. If only. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be so in funny. game seven of the finals. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, if that if that happens, Chris, I, I'll i be the first guy on Broad Street leading, leading the parade. Uh, no, the Sixers actually lose that game 105 to 36. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> McClung sure got the quadruple double, but it's because they played five on two. Yeah, exactly. Matt, they were just letting Mac. They were just letting Mac cook. As they say. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, Doc decides to play the young guys in Game Seven of the NBA Championship. Well, if there was ever a time, Mac, Jaden Springer, Lewis King, and B-Ball Paul get a lot of run in Game Seven. That would uh, be outstanding. The Suns, Durant to average 30, Booker to average 30, Durant 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs, Aiton to be benched in any playoff game, Durant to average 35. I think Durant 30, 50, 90 is interesting. 50, 40, 90. Sorry, yeah, 50, 40, yeah. Jesus Christ. 30, 40, 90. <laughs> that's, that's really impressive to shoot 30% from the field, but 40% from three. <laughs> um, 50, 40, 90, though, I think... I think because he's he's not going to have to solely be relied on as the main scorer, so there's a lot more of an opportunity to kind of pick your spots, and it's not just hucking. So I think I think that's what I would go with. It seems ridiculous, but that's where I, that's I like that one. And finally, the Kings. You can't have Sabonis triple one plus triple double. You can have Fox forty in any game. Sabonis. Two triple doubles, Fox to average 30, Fox to outscore Steph Curry in the playoffs, and Keegan Murray, six plus made threes in any round one game. I could see Fox getting 40. I could see Fox getting 40 because that Golden State doesn't exactly defend that well. And if they get into some sort of a shootout, which is most likely what's going to happen because that's how the Kings play basketball, I think Fox could definitely go for 40. 
<sighs> Phillies now down seven three. Are you how worried are you about the Phillies on a scale of one to ten? Um, pretty. I mean. Let's be realistic. We're 11 games into the season or 12 games into the season. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be super, super worried, uh, but it's very clear and evident. Our pitching is just God awful. And like, I know it's early. I get that. It's April, you know, world baseball classic through, through definitely a wrench in the engine uh, for a lot of guys in preparation and things like that. But it is, uh, it's concerning to say the least how bad the bullpen is. And you're seeing a lot of the same middle relief pieces that we saw last year when they're bad and they were bad last year too. We just didn't yeah. need them as much in the postseason, which helped. Um, and like the regular, I mean, the, the, I, Alvarado and Sir Anthony were fantastic last year in the playoffs, but they were, uh, they, they left a little bit to be desired so far this year. Maybe not Alvarado. Alvarado has been pretty good, but, Sir Anthony, Sir Anthony worries me a tiny bit. For sure. Oh, worries me more than a tiny bit. Well, let's talk about pitching, Gregory. ESPN's ace rankings list, their top 10, quote, aces in Major League Baseball right now. I will tell you the two that just missed the list, Justin Verlander and Carlos Rodon. I want to get your thoughts on the, uh, the breakdown of this list, though. Number 10, Max Scherzer from the Mets. Number 9, Shane McClanahan. From the Rays. Number eight, Zach Wheeler, Phillies. Number seven, Aaron Nola, Phillies. Oh, God. Number six, Dylan Cease from the White Sox. Number five is Shohei. Number four, Corbin Burns. Number three, Garrett Cole. Number two is DeGrom. Who's number one, Gregory? Uh, Number one. We've talked about him on the show. Uh, Like today or just in general? Um, today uh, now how, how can I not think of that I will tell oh, you Alcantara. Won, there Alcantara. you go I'll tell you he won us all young last year alright there we go alright we're back <laughs> yeah Alcantara number one so Alcantara, DeGrom, Cole, Burns Otani, Cease, Nola Wheeler, McClanahan Scherzer thoughts I, I mean like it's it's an interesting list, <laughs> to say the least. It would be I, really cool if uh, if Wheeler and Nola played like seven and eight, respectively. Just a little bit. Like, uh, Nola, I feel like he gets one bad at bat, and then the game's just over. And he's just going to give up a ton of hits and a ton of runs, and we're just there, like, every time. And then Wheeler, like, I think it's just a little bit more of a slow start for him, honestly. Like, I don't. It's a little concerning because of the way he ended last year. Like the World Series game wasn't the best. The games yeah. that he threw in then, but um, I'm less concerned with Wheeler because it, Nola's in a you know contract year. This is the time to get paid. And you think he's overthinking? Slow. I think a little bit. I think it very well could be that where there's he's just putting more pressure on himself because of the situation that he's in and. It's just missing with pitches, throwing pitches that are just consistently getting crushed. It's it's tough. It's tough right now. But well, I, I'll tell you that compared to uh, Nola's seven point five ERA, you got to be pretty happy with Wheeler's five point five nine. Correct, one hundred percent. Although, I mean, look, this is a weird list, right? Alcantara five point seven nine going into the night. Degrom five point five nine going into the night. Garrett Cole is a 1.4 doing his job. Uh, Corbin Burns is at 
9.64. Shohei is at... Oh, that's ba- batting stats. Uh, hard to know with Shohei. He's at, M- <laughs> he's at MVP level, let's put it like that. Uh, Dylan Cease is at 1.65. He's doing his job. We talked about the Phillies. McClanahan is at 1.5, doing his job. And Scherzer is at 4.41. And those guys who just missed the list, Rodon and Verlander, Rodon's 2.88, Verlander 1.75. So a lot of big numbers on that list already. uh, Yeah, I'd uh, say. Through a couple of starts. I mean, I'm not as... I've watched so many of these games. I've watched a lot of baseball because I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Um, like across the board. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who right now is, is the top tier guy. Like it's hard, you know, obviously baseball, you base so much on the years prior and last year, but then like guys just fall off cliffs like immediately. So that's tough too. Um, show has got to be a guy that's up there for sure. Like Cole's obviously looked fantastic. He looked really good against the Phillies. Yeah. Um. In the t- in the start that I watched for them there, I mean, how it's hard to say anybody's bad on the Rays considering I think they're going to be twelve and zero after tonight. Um. So McClanahan's definitely definitely done a good job. I think he started tonight for them, and I think the Red Sox only have one run. Like so, it's it it's it's a very interesting grouping of people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's one that stands out above all. Yeah, Just yet. Know. You have any early thoughts on the guy you would like the Eagles to pick at ten? Not Bajan Robinson. Please That's, don't. I, I I want. It's my. It's my dream, man. I want to trade back. Well, it's trading my dream. back's fine. Trading back I, is fine. If you're I want to trade back. back to like fifteen, pick up an extra third or something like that. And I want Bijan. Like I just think he is so special. I think adding that guy is only making Jalen Hurts that much better and taking pressure off of Hurts to run. I love Bijan. I think he's my he is my dream pick. My realistic dream pick is is Nolan Smith. I mean, that's not bad either. I'll take both of those. Um I just I just think you have to go like best available non. Well, if you, you can't, how do you best available? Bijan might be the best player in the draft. Might be, might be, but I'm saying non-offensive specialist. Does that make sense? Like non-position player in those cases. I don't know, man. Like Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny are the running backs. And it's right terrifying, now. Chris. Yeah, Boston Scott only scores against the Giants. I understand that. I. uh Got a mock draft in front of me that I did on PFF earlier in the day. Because I basically just do mock drafts during the day when I get bored. Traded from 10 to 14, picked up a second round pick. Traded from 14 to 17, picked up a third round pick and a fourth round pick. Took Bijan at 17. uh, Traded from 30 to 33, picked up a four. Took Maisie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan at 33. At 53, took Joe Tittman, offensive lineman at Wisconsin. 62, Nick Herbig, uh, Edge, Wisconsin. Nate's brother? Nate's brother. Is it really? I was kidding. It, it, it is. It's Nate Herbig's <laughs> brother, Nick, and Edge at Wisconsin. Uh, Stanford wide receiver Michael Wilson in the third round, along with Jamie Robinson, the safety from Florida State. 
didn't notice this until now that I took two wide receivers, but I did Kayshawn Booty from LSU, take a gamble on him. Also taking a gamble on offensive guard Andrew Voorhees from USC in the fourth round, as well as Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell. In the sixth, Jackson State linebacker Aubrey Miller. In the seventh, Iowa State safety Anthony Johnson. And the player I pick in every single mock draft I do for the Eagles, Wingate punter Ethan Evans in the seventh round. That works. Hey, listen, sure up. Sure up an area that, that uh, you know, hurt us last year, punting. Sipos was terrible. I, yeah, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So you were out on Bijan. It's not that I'm out on him. I don't take him at 10. I feel like 10's too high to do that. Um, I, I feel like if you can trade back and you have the ability to take him between 14 and 17 or wherever you're going to go with that, I think that's fine. I think you take Bijan in that case. Like, okay. And I'm I'm willing to run I'm willing to risk it if we can add more pieces by going backwards than that. I'd be like, of course, I'd be tempted to take him at ten. Chris, I, I gave him out to win the Heisman last year, um, prior to the season on Better's Delight. So I I, I obviously like Bijan Robinson. It just it I feel like I feel like taking him at ten. I'd be I'd be risking a lot. Well. We'll talk plenty more about the NFL draft in the coming weeks, but we've got NBA playoffs going on. We've got we've got Wrexham about to lock up a promotion with a big win. Uh, if uh, a big clutch win this week over a pretty good team, uh, Barnett, something like that. Honestly, I don't have it in front it, of me right now. It was a rough one against Halifax, though, buddy. We were, but it, but it was. Oh God, it was. It was. Yeah, things were not good, dude. But hey. They came back and they beat Knots, and that's what they needed to do. I saw social. I saw so Facebook kept telling me about social media backlash about Ben Foster and about ownership, and we're wasting this great season. Yada yada yada. It was, they it was were intense. so clearly looking past them to the Knots game. Yeah, absolutely. But big dub for your boys. Big Handled dub. their business. Up three points. One fewer game played. Getting real close to locking up a promotion. Just can't screw it up here. Very exciting, but yeah, can't wait. That. So that that means they'll move to League Two. Correct. Oof, man, that is t- talk about talk about a step up in competition. This is going to be an interesting ride for you, buddy. Yeah, and my biggest issue is that I heard that Welcome to Rexham is only going to be for two seasons. I really need a season after they're promoted because I need to understand League Two. I I'm, I won't understand it enough on my own. <laughs> That's funny that they're only going to do two. That's interesting. That's what I read. It might not be true, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, I wonder mean, if it was, it was such a such a phenomenon and it's so big, so well for FX. Maybe they just continue it. Yeah, I think. I hope so for your sake. Welcome Number to one. they can rename it. Welcome to League Two. Yeah, listen, just do all of League Two. I'm fine with that. All right. Well, good luck to your Phillies. Good luck to the 76ers. Good luck to everyone listening to this show. That's going to be it for this week. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horvath. It's been your wrong and here's why. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.